Hey y'all, I'm Moni and you're mixing with Moni, okay? Welcome to my weekly mixer where I take your favorite Bravo shows, TV news, and hot topics, mix it with my opinions and some of my friends' opinions, a little shade, and sometimes a cocktail or two. I'm bringing in my POC perspective to shows we all love. Let's mix it up. Welcome, my beautiful people, to Mixing with Moni. I am your host, Moni, and quick friendly reminder, if you are loving the show, please don't forget to go to iTunes right now. I'll wait. No, I won't. To write a quick little review, rate me five stars, and tell me what you like about the show. It is the best way for other people to find out about me and our little mixer we have going on here. That aside, all the soliciting aside, y'all... Okay, I am very excited to record this episode. We have a lot that we are going to go through. I did a bonus VPR, Vanderpump Rules session with Chelsea from Oh No Bravo. It is already released and on my, um, anywhere you listen to podcasts. And you can currently find a link of that in my bio. But you can listen to that before you listen to this. If you, you know, before the, the shows go in order. I am switching to Mondays because... I need to be able to include Atlanta and not having it for two weeks has really thrown me off. So all of my guest features and guest spots will probably probably be only featuring one or two shows and pre-recorded. And then I'll just combine them all and talk Atlanta and Shaw's of Sunset after I see them, feel them, touch them, marinate in them. And I've done that. But I get so many questions after Atlanta. I woke up this morning to 167 dms for a lot of accounts that's not a lot but for me because i respond to literally every single person i had a small panic attack and went back to sleep for like an hour and still tried to respond to every single person it's just my responses get shorter and shorter because i want to save it for the podcast but then also I don't want to always say, hey, listen to my podcast, but then also I don't want to have to copy and paste everything, but then also I don't want to send everyone a novel. So it gets very, very stressful and I don't want to just one word or two word people and just say LOL or I agree, but sometimes that is all that I have. So, so sorry if that's you. I read everything. I open everything. I try to respond to everybody, like even if it's late as hell, I just try to. But that's what we have this little thing for, okay? So I'm going to literally give it to you raw. Do not base your reviews off of this episode or what I'm saying because we can always agree to disagree. Don't take it to my reviews and say you don't agree with me there. Tell me you don't agree or just, I don't know, don't agree. We all have opinions. If you want to have one, start a podcast. You can hear the ad later on where you can do all that. So I am very excited to get through this episode because I have wanted to give my insight about so many of these things that we saw on Atlanta, on Shaw's, and on Jersey. And I'll be covering all three of those today. And from here on out, we'll be going on on a Monday. I cannot wait. I have been so excited for Atlanta. I got wine, two kinds. I didn't know what kind of mood I'd be in, red or white. So I got a beautiful Pinot Grigio and a beautiful Merlot. That is my favorite red wine. I is not nearly the best there are so many betters sure people equate merlot to like the red must like the red version of what moscato is it's basically like you know baby wine but i love merlot and could drink it with a straw in the bottle also same with pinot grigio and chardonnay 
You know, I'm like Ramona that way. I would love a Ramona Pinot Grigio. Also champagne. I love champagne. I love, do you, can you tell I love wine or liquor? I mean, all of the above. It's the truth. I've even started drinking like Denise Richards and the like whole cast of Jersey. Can we just start with that? I get like, oh, and Reza, double shot of tequila over rocks, like over ice with lime squeezed in it. It's delicious. And probably like half the cows of a margarita so two birds one stone but not that I care I drink my calories any day overeating them oh for sure I mean I'll eat them too don't get me wrong I'm not picking one or the other I don't have that much discipline but if I had to pick oh it's a cocktail all day honey we're we're cocktailing it up that's what the mixer is okay so that aside and I just find it very interesting I love this one website um Instagram account I can't remember it verbatim off the top of my head. I'm sorry, but it's like Real Housewives Orders or something like that. And it's a small account and it's it's like so niche, but I think it has the potential to be something amazing, like the Real Bad Necklaces or something like that, because it's like, I love listening and watching what these girls put in their mouths or don't if we're talking about Jackie and we're not, that's not a dig at her eating disorder. We will get to that and her dad in a second, but... I love watching them order drinks like the entire cast of Jersey at Margaret's um, book or company party. They all pretty much ordered tequila over rocks with lime, like straight up tequila, basically. And I'm like, I mean, I get it. Sure. But this is why people have problems with Jennifer, because she's always like, I need a drink. And she gets a drink and it's tequila every time. And Jesus, I mean, I love tequila as much as the next person, but I'm also not a monster when I'm sober. So therefore I'm not a monster when I'm drunk. I'm just a good ass time. Jennifer, on the other hand, I feel like I actually would have fun with Jennifer. And I know that is so weird because most people don't like her, but I find her to be a little bit fun in a very different way. She's just not come cut from the same cloth as the other ladies. She's just different, which I've always found it interesting what Dolores' issue is with Jackie, because I know what mine are, but Dolores keeps saying she's not come from the same cloth, cloth, but she likes Jennifer, and Jennifer is also not old-school Italian. She is the complete opposite of old-school Italian. She is Turkish and maybe old-fashioned for their culture, but that's not Dolores's in them. So what what is the difference? And Dolores seems to stand up for Jennifer just as quickly. So... I found that a little shady suspect of what that really means. Um, we're going to hope and pray Dolores does not mean it in a weirdly indirect anti-Semitic way. I don't think that's what she's saying that, you know, Jackie's just so different because she's Jewish, but it does make you want to wonder like what makes Jackie any more raised differently, quote unquote, than Jennifer, who was definitely raised differently than the rest of them. If you could not tell, she is Her and Jackie both stick out like sore thumbs to me. Like Jennifer's opulence puts Teresa season one and two to shame. Like that gaudy ass furniture in Teresa's house and their gaudy ass ugly house that never really filled up because it was too big and not enough money to fill it with stuff. Um, Story for another day. It's interesting because Jennifer is like just as gaudy, if not worse. And but we have a problem with Jackie because what she doesn't spend as much. And I think it's maybe a trigger. Let's say it's not her being, you know, Oh, well, Jackie's Jewish and we're not Well, she never said. So that's not 
what I'm suggesting that she's thinking. I'm hoping that's not it. But let's say it's because Dolores and them feel threatened that Jackie is so good at being frugal that it's like, ugh, it's a little insulting, you know? It's like when you go to a nice restaurant with a friend and, you know, you both know you have the means to be at this restaurant and you assume you're going to split it or something and they ask for separate checks because they didn't order as much as you and you're just like, well, you bitch. I mean, no, we did not both need to get the lobster bisque grilled cheese appetizer. And yes, maybe I ordered it and ate 81% of it, but you took those spoonfuls. We could split this, okay? It's not my fault you have poor taste in soups and appetizers. Like, I don't get it. I don't like those people. If we are going to lunch, unless I say I'll treat, I assume a split is fine. You don't necessarily need separate checks. Like... I did that in college a lot because I was broke and I didn't want to have to pay for other people, but I still did. Maybe it's just me. This is no offense to people who want to, you know, keep their money to themselves. I actually had a fantastic waitress at brunch. By brunch, I mean IHOP. Tell me, and it was IHOP at two in the afternoon, so that's basically brunch. Um, A fantastic waitress told me that she once had a married couple who the husband and the wife both got separate checks and they were like we are separate because we are on two different budgets and she could do whatever she wants for her money but she's not spending mine and I was like that is the secret to keeping a marriage alive separate checks that I have because by damn it if I'm gonna get a t-bone steak and eggs you will not stop me sir okay <sighs> I don't know if y'all can tell that I had a lot of coffee I could not record last night directly after, or when you're going to get this, I could not record directly after Sunday night shows because I got two drunk aftershocks. It was amazing. I had so much wine. I had a great time. Um, Atlanta blew my mind. Shaw's excellent premiere. I had such a good time. And I hate to say it, but I'm going to start with Jersey because that was the one that's like, eh, you know, like it wasn't bad. It was good. It was just, so I'm going to start with Jersey because I cannot wait to talk Atlanta. And then I'm going to have Jess from Blonde Unfiltered, formerly known as the Real Housewife of the West Side. She's been on many times. I've been on hers many times. As you might have heard her say on my show, she is married to a L.A. Persian Jewish boy who is good friends with a lot of the people in the same circles as the Shahs. She knows a lot about that world. That's kind of was the start of her um, journey on her previously named and aforementioned podcast, The Real Housewives of the West Side, because she was a housewife of the West Side in LA and lived in that area and amongst these people is like friends with Eden Sassoon has a podcast with her and does Pilates with her and like knows these people like used to, you know, do so many things in LA that she would run into these people. But her husband, she married into this small ass LA Persian Jewish community. And she has some tea. Her and her husband watched. They took notes. They have thoughts. So me and her are going to go through shots. And I have loads of questions for what the fuck is really going on over there? Is this kosher? Can this be done? Can we do the things we're doing over there on shots? What can I comment on? I'm going to comment on it all. But what is considered okay? Like, where is my ignorance about this community meeting my judgment about these people? That's what I really want to know. And not in like a politically correct kind of way, just like, 
what the fuck is this all Persians or is just this this one like <laughs> some of the things are very fun to watch that's one of the reasons I love Shaw's and I can't wait for family karma I love judging things and watching things that I have know nothing about it's how we work especially in America um as humans in general but also I love watching and being like what the fuck is all that gold doing there like why do they have all of this like what is this like if you watch early season of Shaw's of Sunset yes you could equate all these Persian people to be so different and exciting and interesting and a little huh but also then there's Asa and her diamond water like that's just not a thing like that's not a thing anywhere for any culture that was just Asa being nutty and that's what I love about Bravo they will find something that we can all invest in that we don't know anything about but then also find the nuttiest people of that entire group and that's what we love about them and that's why I don't want a new housewife in a city that is the same as all the other housewives like OC and Salt Lake City might as well be the same fucking thing. Maybe a little less lips. I don't know. But I don't really want it. But I'm going to watch it anyway. Because why the fuck not? You know? You gotta give everything Bravo a try. Except for that damn spy games. Stop shoving it down my throat. Alright. That's all I have for that. Let's get into Jersey. Then we'll do Atlanta. Then I'll be back with Jess to do Shots of Sunset. So Mixologist, if you love this show and it's ever made you think, you know what? I should make my own podcast. I say go for it. Let me tell you about Anchor, okay? Honey, it's free pumpkin. Yes, free. There are creation tools. It allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer just like I do. You can literally even add songs from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for whatever you want and can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, something the world's never heard before, or join the rest of us and talk Bravo, Housewives, Bachelorette, all those fun things you love in the TV you're watching. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, many, many more. All the girls will be able to hear you no matter what or wherever they like to listen. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, Pumpkin. Literally, you put it out, you can get paid for it. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. It's super, super easy. I love it. I use it all the time. I make this show and y'all love it. And you know what? I couldn't do it without Anchor. They make it so easy. They have the best support staff. You literally can reach out to them anytime. It's truly a great way to start a podcast journey. Get yourself out there. Talk to the people. Connect with the people that love the same things you love or people who maybe want to have a little discord with you. Either way, mix it up and let Anchor help you do that. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is anchor.f as in father, m as in mother, to get started. Download that free app, honey, and get you some podcasting. All right, we're back with Jersey. I have some things, not a lot of things to say, but I do have some things because I do think that we're getting these really weird produced segments. And I made this statement on my Instagram stories. You can go ahead and follow me. It's always a lot of fun. People get very involved in the content that I post. Um, At Mixing with Moni, I put up there about Teresa. Did she really forget, you know, the IDs to to go visit her her ex? Oh, 
not like size. Let me not speak it into existence quite yet because I'm going to enjoy that demise of that that relationship that was an awful marriage to watch. I'm sorry, <laughs> like all these years. But did she really forget her and the girl's IDs and birth certificates? Like, first of all, why does... The thing is, I think the producers expect us to know that she's so ditzy that this is likely. And I I agree with that. I do think that she is so ditzy that this is likely. However, I just don't buy this one. And why is because I think that the producers knew or just had found out that they could not um, film the meeting with Joe. Duh. It's a ICE facility, a prison, a governmental facility. That makes sense to me. But because I could not film it, they needed to make a scene out of this event, out of her going, because it was a big deal. It was her first time seeing her husband. It's her kids first time seeing their dad in months, literal months. Well, for them, I mean, well, facilities wise, yes, months in general years. So this is something that needed to be filmed. However, they could not do that. And they needed, they needed to make a scene in a big fuss over this. And, you know, it would not have been worth four to six minutes or the entire uh, ride over if there wasn't some kind of conflict getting there. Because my thoughts are this. Why does Gia not have her license on her? Because she said, Teresa said at first, I forgot our license. I forgot our license. And then she called Dolores and took forever to get that out and was like, Dolores, what do I do? And like, why call Dolores? She's not close to your husband. She's not close to your home. She's not. She, what, what was the purpose of that? If it were me, I would have immediately called Nono and been like, hey, dad, I forgot my license at home. Like that would have been an emergency to me. And I don't think she didn't want to go. I'm not saying that. I know she needed to go. Her kids needed to go. And Teresa would do any damn thing for them daughters. So obviously she was going to go. However, I think she knew she needed to make something out of this. And I think production is the one that kind of led her to this conclusion of make a fuss. You know, we already called ahead. You can get in anyway. Or Or she knew she forgot it early and they filmed and they found out for her that she could still get in. And then they just had to film a big deal about it. I think that she forgot it probably as soon as she left. If she forgot it at all, she forgot it as soon as they left and was like, oh, shit. And they were like, oh, it's okay. Like, we'll film a big deal about this later because, yes, Teresa's a bird brain, but that doesn't mean Gia is. Gia is like the only level-headed person in this whole damn house. Granted, she needs to let this whole father thing go. She, I know she won't, and I understand why she won't, but she does need to let this man go because he is going to lose his mind in ice, and we know that to be true now, and he is gone. But in that moment, she really needs to tell her dad that, you know, it'll be okay if he doesn't fight as much anymore and that she'll still love him. Like, she can fly. She'll be fine. And she is fine. She's been there. She's spending time with him now, so we know that to be true now, and I do get why she's holding on to it, but... Nevertheless, Gia is like a college girl. <laughs> First of all, I always have my ID on me, especially when I was in college, fake or otherwise. Um, but you always have your ID on you and she drives. Why would she just leave her whole wallet or whole purse at home for no reason? And she and Teresa said Gia's ID was missing 
kind of late and laughed. She was like, I forgot my license and Gia's license and Melania's birth certificate after already saying she forgot her license twice. And again, call Dolores when you can call immediately. You can call your sister-in-law or your brother who does not live far from you at all. You can call Nono and say, hey, get these licenses. I'm going to call Joey, see where he is and see if I can come in, see if he can get to you and can like get them. She didn't tell Joey where to look. She didn't tell Nono. She didn't tell any of the younger girls, you know, to even get the purse. Like, hey, get, mommy left her wallet. Go get the purse. And there were no one home to see her wallet out on the counter or something. And you had to call her and be like, hey, mom, you forgot your wallet. And Joe just happened to be five minutes away, but didn't ask where to look or anything like that. He just was like, all right, I'm five minutes from your house. But then that's the case. You could have done a little bit more urgency if this was real. So I really do think production was just like, we need to make some kind of fuss over this entire event, but we can't go in. So it's not worth the three hours that is going to be cut down to two minutes if unless there's some kind of conflict here, unless there was any chance that they weren't going to be able to get in. And so they needed to film her calling the, the ICE facility because there's no way in hell ICE is just going to let you in for no reason if you don't have your proper documentation. There's just no way. I can't really explain why I know that, but just just trust me, there's very little reason that any major government protection facility will let you in unless you have proper documentation. And nine times out of 10, a photograph will not fucking do. So I have questions about that scene, but I mean, it's just like the Melissa storyline, you know, about her wanting to get pregnant. Bullshit. I don't believe you get a body like that and you want to just throw it away. I don't. And it's not saying pregnancy is throwing it away. I just don't think Melissa really wanted to get a baby. I think she wanted to find a baby or have a baby as much as she wanted to find the sister she had two or three seasons ago, maybe more. Oof. But like she doesn't have no long lost sister and she doesn't want to get pregnant. I think that Jersey is weird, but they're editing in production because the women are so real, but often and so funny and have natural conflict, but often there's no direct storyline for each of them so they kind of have to invent one in order to make their personal filming segments a little bit more added padded and juicy you know because they're not the brightest tool no that's not it let's not go by how smart they are but it's true they don't have as much always going on with them at home it's a little it leaves a lot to be desired most of the time and you know everybody can't be Jackie, who has undiscovered wealth, and Jennifer, who has a husband who literally did not like her last season, but somehow this season is ready to go toe-to-toe with Joe and walk away and get all angry because he wants to protect his wife and all that bullshit. And so these other ladies, we have to find new reasons to like them because they're not new. Like Melissa and Teresa are not new. So we have to find reasons to like them at home by themselves versus in a group when they're arguing, when they deliver. And Jersey's ratings are okay. Like they're not that great right now. And that's mainly because there's not a lot going on. So getting into Jackie's father and I'm now seeing this eating disorder Jackie struggled with. It came from her dad. Like the thought process, the stinky thinking is what I like to call it. And me and my therapist like to call it the stinky thinking. Her dad is at the root of a lot of this. Um, I think he still does have it in a way. Because getting this, the lap band surgery that he got doesn't necessarily change the way he thinks about himself or he thinks about food. 
there's just a lot of things that happen where if you gain weight after having this surgery, it's not always the best for you. You can get sick. People have gotten sick. You can throw up. You can, it's like, it's a lot of things that can happen, even if it's done flawlessly. And you just don't always change your way of thinking about it, though. You don't always change the way you think about food. And I don't think our dad has. He hasn't had a steak or a protein, he said, in years. But he's eating mashed potatoes every day, which if you have to choose. And it's not about being vegan or anything. I don't think that's what it is. For him, if you have to choose, a protein is probably better than eating mashed potatoes every other day. Like, for sure. But also, that's not a really healthy way to, to live or to eat. And to see Jackie be the one to be like, Dad, you can do things a little healthier. It's like, yeah, she's come a really long way, but she never should have been in that situation. I think he always loved her because he did not, he couldn't say anything was wrong with her because then he'll have to say something was wrong with him. And to see him go from, you know, you're a good inspiration to things that are health to, to kids that were heavy and it's almost worth it when she says she almost died to now him be and to know what he looked like and what he was, which I thought he was adorable in both. I mean, I'm just saying, but to see him, it's because a lot of that was projection. It's like if she could do it, I could do it. But she went through a very different way of doing it. And he went through a, a different way of doing it. And there's nothing wrong with the people who get, you know, the weight surgeries and lap band and or Jennifer Aiden and her, her husband just sucks it out. So, <laughs> I mean, if you got it at home, go for it, girl. But there's nothing wrong with how you handle your body as long as it's a healthy way of doing it. And the thing is, Jackie had a poor relationship with food that I think she picked up on um, and a poor relationship with the way she wanted to look. And it was very intense about it because of her father's intensity, probably with himself. Um, But I think he still kind of has it. And whereas she is every day is a struggle. She's right. And I've said it before. I struggled with an eating disorder for years and I don't want to say struggled because literally every day is a, is a, is a journey. Every day is a whole new journey. And now with having Graves, the particular kind of Graves disease that I have right now and what, um, while I'm taking certain medicines, I cannot work out yet because the hormones that you don't need to know all this. Nobody cares. This is not about Bravo. But the hormones that produce in my thyroid, which is what Graves' disease, you know, is a disease of the thyroid gland, that hormone can overproduce if you work out. It'll overstart the metabolism. It can do a lot of shitty things. Or it can underproduce depending on what kind of disease you have of the thyroid. So for me, I can't really work out. And I'm not a big workout buff, but being someone who's come from an eating disorder, the inability to work out really sets me back in my head. It's like really stressful because you just think, oh my God, I'm going to get fat. Oh my God, I'm going to get fat. Which never mind the fact that at the stage I was at in my grades, I was losing weight without doing anything without when I was eating whatever I wanted because the purpose is they need to figure out when it's balanced. And the same thing with Jackie is that she's just trying to find a balance. And it's like, she says that she gains a pound, she freaks out, but it doesn't mean you don't, you don't stop living. And I feel like her dad is in this really weird place where he's not really living, but also sidebar, isn't this man married? I know they live in separate houses, but we're getting a lot of dad and not a lot of mom. This might be a marriage I can get behind. Not for me, but just in general, I could pass a lot of this on to the Atlanta people. Anyways, we will get to that. Finishing up with Jersey, I just think that we have to be very careful how we approach this Jackie thing. Not to tiptoe around her, but also not to to easily judge her just because 
Eating disorders are tricky, and you can pass a lot of that shit on to your kids if you don't rectify that. It's the same with any other, like, mental health issue. You think that your anxiety only only affects you? No, sweetheart, it does not. It affects your kids, your dog, your plants, your husband, your wife, your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your in-between. If you date non-binary people, it affects the thems. It affects everybody, okay? Your mental health struggles get are definitely passed around. So with Jackie... I think she's doing the best she can and I think it's great that she's like taking care of her dad and like trying to be able like trying to help him but that man I pray for him because he's just really he seems really sweet and he seems to really love his daughter and I want him to love himself as much as he loves his daughter that is it for that PSA let's get to the bullshit okay um let's talk <laughs> uh this this party that Margaret throws for her 20th year in business. That is a major deal to have a clothing line or a boutique line or whatever kind of lifestyle brand. We see many lifestyle brands of housewives that don't even get off the ground. So to be in it for 20 years before, during, after housewives, good for Marge. Honestly, I think about like Juicy Couture brands that people thought would last forever. Closing down Zach Posen. Michael Kors, like there are lots of things that we're not necessarily closing down because it's all still in existence, but the immense revamp they've had to go under and they're so direct to consumer now that like it's, it's not even funny and it no longer is it proprietary. So they've really gone down in value. So for Marge to be able to celebrate 20 years is kind of amazing because Juicy blew up and got taken down in like the same two decades. So not even two decades because I was, yeah, that was like maybe 10 years ago for me that I was like super into Juicy and everybody like the early 2000s, that was a thing. And then now it's like, meh. So good for you, Marge. But Melissa, I was very interested by why she was acting so heated with Jennifer. I just didn't think that it was that serious to me. Like, yes, the plate and everything was so bad, but like, this just seemed a little extra. Like Melissa's going, I I don't even want to see that bitch when she walks in. Don't even talk to me. Don't even look at me. I don't even want her to talk to me. And then Jennifer comes in. It's like, did you see her not even talk to me? How dare she walk by me and not talk to me and just lightly wave? Why didn't she talk to me and tell me, uh, I'm sorry and I apologize for being an asshole? That's what she said verbatim. I wrote it down. Literally, she goes, maybe, why would you just give me like a little wave and not come over and talk to me and say, I don't know, I'm sorry and I apologize for being an asshole, first of all, and I'm sorry and I apologize are kind of the same thing. You don't have to mean either though. But also, you don't want her to talk to you, but you want her to come over and talk to you. To have to beg for your forgiveness and apologize for being an asshole, she has to talk to you, honey. So, found that to be annoying, but... Uh, Melissa to me sometimes tries too hard but I do like her probably the most out of any of no Marge I love Marge I think Marge can do no wrong and I loved her and her mom having a sweet moment and her mom being so proud of her you can tell that's all Marge ever wanted was her mom to like be her mom and to be the proud parent and her mom crying and uh, just so proud of Marge I wanted to hug both of those ladies and I love Marge Senior's face like yes I know she had the great facelift but her face is still to me so squishy and a adorable i just love her face 
I really, I, mean, I was squeezing my cheeks when I said that because I just want to do that to her and I want to hug her. I love Marge Sr., Marge and Joe, her husband. I think they are my favorite housewife family. Whoa. Oh no, I need to sit down with that for a little bit. Nobody come after me, please, in my DMs. I need to sit with that. I'll come back next week and let you know if that's true or not. If Marge and her family is my favorite housewife family. Oh my God, from Jersey? I'm sorry, it's no shade to Marge. I'm just shocked. Jersey is like maybe my top four, but it's never like my go-to one for, I mean, no, it is because Jersey is fantastic, especially the early seasons. But for this episode, I give it a 7.5 out of 10, okay? Like it did well to me. It wasn't great. It wasn't awful. I thought a couple things were produced. However, they're getting, they're better at, making things go under the radar for me than most shows. And that's a good, that's a good sign. Most things for Bravo, I can instantly tell what's produced. We all can, but Jersey, I'm like, wait, 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 back up. Is that, is that, wait, what, what's going on here? Something's not right, but I can never really pinpoint it except for with Melissa and her fake storylines. But other than that, I was happy with Jersey. 7.5 out of 10. It got 1.2 million-ish, 1.3 almost million viewers in their 18 to 49 demo. Um, That's actually really good for them, but they're matching. Like, they're coasting at this point. They're pretty much hitting the same numbers every week. So that's not good nor bad. Whereas Vanderpump Rules is, like, getting worse and worse. They're only, like, at a million. Not even 1.1. They're, like, at 1.08. Like... That means just that many few, like just that few of you is just not watching. Like that little bit is like, eh, I'll record it. And that's, that's what you do, I guess. You record it, but Summer House is doing poorly as well. I just want to let y'all know, but I'm going to give it a try. I'm going to give it a try. I've had enough people tell me to give it a try. I may not cover it, but I'm going to give it a try. All right. That being said, we're done with Jersey. Let's head over to ATL. Y'all. This is it. This is the moment that I've been waiting for two whole weeks that we have gone without any kind of Atlanta. And it has been kind of devastating, if you ask me. I really, really want ATL all week long. It's not something that we've ever seen happen. But if you could do it for like Love Island it's like five days in a week in a row. I would love ATL five days in a row. I don't think I'd get tired. You know, I had such a good time watching this episode start to finish. My mouth was on the floor. I don't care if it was produced or not. It got me going. So I'm very pleased with that. Getting to the beginning of the bullshit. I realized from beginning to end, no Nini at all. Again, yikes. She put it on her Instagram. I noticed it immediately that there was not going to be a Nini scene when I realized that they were going to start and continue. When I saw Kenya walk through the door with Tanya and Cynthia and Eva already sitting down, I said, no, yeah, there's not going to be a Nini this episode. They don't need it at that point because all Nini's doing right now is apologizing. And though I think she does, it's, it's time and high past time to do that. We don't really need that right now for good drama. We just need that, like, at the reunion or something. I don't know. Get back into Andy's good graces and the production's good graces later, girl. We got show to produce, okay? So, Kenya 
walks in, guns are blazing. And I need y'all really to stop telling me that Tanya won't take on Kenya. Because I don't think that she's maybe a worthy opponent, but she is a formidable one. Tanya has a little bit of edge in her. I saw it with Watch It Happens Live with her and Portia. And I absolutely don't understand how Kenya has gotten this far being everybody's favorite. I mean, I do, I do because she's a great housewife, but she has literally no boundaries. And I don't know if it's because of her man not really wanting to be her man no more or if it's just who she's always been. But even with Cynthia, like we sit down and she's going after Tanya and she's like telling Tanya that Tanya tried to, you know, destroy her multi-million dollar business. And I said, uh-huh, uh-huh, First of all, for those of y'all who do not know, Sally's Beauty Supply Store, also just known as Sally, if you look at it, it's like a little red tab on a store. It is the epicenter of all things hair, nails, and uh, like styling, like beauty styling um, for professional hairstylers, for non-professional, professional nail people, non-professional. It is the store. I don't know if it's that way for everybody, but let me tell you about black girls real quick, okay? This is the store. If you are any product worth having, you are in two places. You are in Sally's, you're in the quote-unquote ethnic hair care section of Walmart. Depending on where you are in the country, they call it ethnic or multicultural. Mine says ethnic. <laughs> Except for when I'm at home in the D.C. area where like the Potomac ladies and stuff are, then it's just called hair care. <laughs> and we have a way bigger section because we have a large, large, large population of us there. At that Walmart and at that Target is where you will find us. Target has a fantastic one. And I can always recommend some products if anybody wants to know some. Um, for your black friends, your black children, your mixed children, yourself, whatever you're looking for, for yourself, even if that's what you want to do, you, you know, you could get some great stuff. Even if it's not marketed towards you, it could work for you. Okay. That is me and pretty much any brand of lotion that I get from Walmart. So anywho, Sally's and Walmart, these are the two places that you are. If you are worth putting on someone's hair, let me tell you who I've seen there. Not Kenya Moore. That's it. I'm just going to stop there. Have not seen Kenya Moore in a Sally's. You might have one near yours. I encourage everyone to go to Sally's. Come back to me and tell me if you've seen Kenya Moore's hair care products at Sally's. I've seen a few people at Sally's who are great businesses. Um, And at Walmart. Giselle Bryan is in Target. And I've actually seen her like on the shelves. Um, Have not seen a Kenya Moore in my local Walmart Target or my Sally's. So then you're not a multi-million dollar hair care company. I promise you. There's just no way. Because black girls are not solely buying their natural hair care products online. They're just not. They're going by the reviews they see on Target, on Amazon, at Sally's. They're walking into the store. They're asking their hair girl. They're asking their stylist. What do you put? What should I put on? And it's not like we're going to the hair cutter where they just have all of them at the front. Our hair days are spent for hours. We go strictly by our priest's instructions on how to live our lives better. And by priest, I mean our hairdressers. If my hairdresser is not telling me to put on King and more stuff, it's not a multi-million dollar business. Whom are? Shea Moisture. That's a big brand. Okay. The, the Maven hair girl. 
who also uses like Malaysia from basketball wise as her hair model because apparently Malaysia has beautiful hair. I'm not doubting that Kenya has beautiful hair. I'm doubting that she's a multi-million dollar business. So in which case, saying that Tanya is trying to threaten how you feed your child is a reach, honey. Like fisherman style reach. You have cast that line all the way the fuck back and you're catching a treat. Like literally, there's no way you're making that much money on this thing. And if you are, good for you. I just don't believe you. So in which case, let that woman go because there's no comparison to and you and that's all Kenya wants to do right she wants to make it a comparison of this woman trying to threaten and destroy my brand versus I'm trying to threaten and destroy this woman's marriage or relationship they're not married they're engaged but like (laughs) I'm trying to threaten their relationship and she works for her fiance like they work together like almost as partners so you're trying to threaten their business so she has to make it a bigger target for herself. And that's just not what you are, Kenya. You're really nobody's target because no one's coming after you that hard. So let that go. And to throw Cynthia under the bus and say the cookie lady was all Cynthia. I, I tweeted it. So, I mean, shameless plug, follow me on Twitter. Duh. Um, I tweeted it, but Kenya is a terrible opponent. I mean, a terrible sidekick. Like, a terrible one. Because... Like, Cynthia should not be executing her evil plans with Kenya. She flipped way too quickly. Because what was the purpose of saying that Cynthia was the mastermind behind the cookie lady? And then to bring cookie lady there, Cynthia is no longer the mastermind. Now it's just you. Like, this is this is the problem with Kenya is that she has no real loyalty to anyone and no real boundaries. And I love her. I'm not going to lie. I've always... I, there's no Atlanta girl I've ever not liked. I love Atlanta. I will literally take the pissy that they give me. They could be awful individuals and I'll take it. Like I'll give them, I'll I'll, I'll take whatever they give me. I don't care. Atlanta is like, they could do no wrong to me. All of them. I love them all so much. Even Cynthia, whom I'll get to, but I love all of them. So I don't really care, but Kenya is not a good sidekick. Like, she's not a good villain because she's used to being a villain all by herself. So she can't do no co-evil plans with a co-evil person. And Cynthia low-key got some dark in her because there's no way she... There's, there is something in Cynthia that we are going to see, honey. And I'm kind of here for it. I'm not feeling about it the way Kenya, the way Nene felt about it. I think Nene is so used to being big, bad, alpha, bad bitch that she was threatened by Cynthia's big, bad, alpha, bad bitch that was hidden deep inside. So when that big, bad, alpha, bad bitch reared its big, bad, alpha, bad bitch head, it threatened Nene's big, bad, alpha, bad bitch and therefore sent Nene running unlike a big, bad, alpha, bad bitch. And now Cynthia can't turn that off. There is no off button on the big bad alpha bad bitch that Cynthia got going. So now she has to keep the big bad alpha bad bitch on. And we're going to see it because I think it's it's shining. And Nene wants to see, wants to show us like, look, see, look at how she is. And I'm just over here like, oh, well, look at this. Look at this big bad alpha bad bitch. I kind of dig her. Oh, like, do I think there are some problems there? Yes. But I think that Nene only hates Cynthia now because she, she's not the only one that's like her. She's not the only Nene. Cynthia wised up and became almost like an equal. And I don't think Nene does well with equals. And But I think the same about Kenya. 
I don't think Kenya does well with equals either. And that's the problem. Similarly to why she's not doing well with Mark, because I don't think he does well with equals and she doesn't do well with equals. And she wants to be a submissive housewife to this man, but that's just not her. She's not a Southern belle. She's from Detroit. And that's not saying that Southern women are passive. I'm just saying, I don't know where she's getting this idea that she has to be this submissive, old school ass wife. What is that? Like, it's something Yes, maybe culturally, maybe age, but it's not working for her because it's just not her. And that's what's failing her marriage because she won't let go and neither will he. And that's the problem when you have an equal because you're not used to having an equal around. But we're seeing it also with Kenya and Cynthia. Does she high key resent Cynthia? She must because she ruined her engagement, in my opinion. And now she's throwing her under the bus and I'm not okay with Cynthia is going to come. I, I kind of want to see them fight. I would like to see that fight more than I like to see someone fight Nene, even though that's more a formidable opponent. I would like to see Kenya and Cynthia kind of duke it out a little bit because that's supposed to be her best friend, but she's not a very good sidekick. And to bring the cookie lady, but to blame the cookie lady on Cynthia, doesn't make any sense to me. So I don't know. Kenya, you might need to renew your, you know, bad bitch card because... Your big bad alpha bad bitch is expiring. And Cynthia's coming for all of y'all asses. She really is. Except for Candy's. Because we love Candy. (laughs) But we don't love Todd. I'll get to that in a second. Because y'all have some questions. And I'm going to answer them. About why I think Mama Joyce has been right all along. Rude. But right. So before that we get. The slay. The slew of bad men. Coming through. Dennis telling Portia she has to do work to fix their relationship when cheating is what broke the relationship up. So shut the fuck up, Dennis. Like literally, I hate that. And it is not to say that there weren't things that they needed to work on before they probably got engaged or married or before all of this. The problem is you unbalance the scale of both of y'all being able to do great work in your relationships when you cheat. You have now tipped it to we went from yeah, we could all use work to I fucked up and now I have to basically rebuild from the bottom. So you can't tell this woman when you crashed the house that y'all were building together. Say y'all were in like foundation mode. Y'all were in like mm, the third stage of the, of the, of the house being built. And it was pretty much built. Y'all could go pick out stuff. You could build it together, pass a couple nails to each other, finish off some shutters. But now, now, now your ass is in a situation where you done bulldozed the whole damn house, put a wrecking ball through that bitch, a la Miley Cyrus, and now you looking at Portia like, you're not going to help me clean this up? Bitch, no, I'm not going to help you clean this up. Talk to me when you get back to the place where I was in a place of helping finishing the house not rebuilding it and you broke it. So, and I got so pissed when he said, we're doing a lot of talking about what I did wrong because you did something wrong, you idiot. Like, what? I mean, the bar is on the ground. It is on the floor. And I don't understand how Atlanta gets away with this because if this was any other franchise, we would be running for the hills. We would be screaming at them. And now I'm screaming at Atlanta ladies like, you are too good for this. They're arguably the prettiest cast. What? are we doing here seriously Monique Samuels needs to send her husband from Potomac she needs to send her husband to do a seminar with all these trash ass men 
all over the country because he loves his wife on camera, off camera, no cameras up, no cameras down, whatever. He loves his wife and supports her and is has no problem letting her be the star of the show. And this man was a whole fucking football player in the NFL. Okay, so goodbye to Dennis. I cannot even. I was so pissed when he said that about her. That uh, Yes, we're talking. Oh, my God. Okay. Moving on to Mark. Jesus, Lord. Mark, he just disrespects Kenya and she just takes it. And that's why she's unloading and unleashing everywhere else. And she's just being shaken up and then set out to go because she's awful. Because he's awful to her. And it's just making her more awful, the more unbearable. And it's just so funny because they asked her, the producers asked her, should she be treated less like a homie? And she literally laughed like, that's never going to happen. He don't love me. And I'm just like, you must not know how pretty you are. And that's why you have to take it out on everybody else. Because you're pretty. Yes, you have a shitty personality. But we can fix that. You can't buy a new one, but we could definitely do some rehabilitation on that old one that we got. But you're gorgeous. And someone shouldn't just be treating you like a home a homeboy and acting like they don't even want to do anything with you or they are not even interested in being with you simply because what like what is it that he's not attracted to I know in real time they're actually doing pretty well he was here in Atlanta this weekend because it was snowing on Saturday and Kenya posted a picture of her or she posted a picture of him holding their baby watching the snow and that means that as of this past weekend, they were fine. whoop de fucking do Happy for the baby. That's it. Moving on. Mike. Mike. No, I'm going to go Todd first. Because Mike, is that that's going to be a read. It's going to take y'all a minute to get there with me. But you'll get there. I promise. Todd, I love that he was like, <laughs> he didn't want no hood colors. Hood daycare colors for the baby's room. Because that's a thing. I hate to admit it. That's a thing. For those who don't know, there are certain daycares, you know, Sister So-and-So over there, Miss Mary, who watches all the neighborhood children, licensed or not. We don't know. We don't check. We don't ask. I still don't know. And I was a product of a lot of those daycares. Um, I turned out great, though. So it doesn't really matter. But I love that the colors are very distinguished to me in my mind of what that looks like. But he is adamant. No to that. I do find it sad that Candy felt the need to bring up what her mama said with with Ty. And that's not because he doesn't have a right to know. He should know if someone's talking about him. And Mama Joyce is rude as fuck for talking about Ty the way she talks about Ty. But she's not wrong. And I said this before. I think Ty genuinely is not capable of being so secure in himself without being the alpha earning male. I think he decides that he is going to marry this woman. And because she invoked a prenup on him that made him blow up, mind you, I saw the spinoff about their wedding because she invoked a prenup. He feels some kind of way about, um, his potential of earnings in case they ever get divorced, which I find to be inevitable on his part. I don't think Katie's going to wise up anytime soon. I think she actually loves her husband. And I just don't think he, he, I don't think he feels respected by her, even though she's given him no indication that she doesn't respect him. So he feels that because of this prenup and maybe everything that is made in the marriage is splittable. So he feels like he has to open 
place after place and business after business. And Candy's always finishing it up because these ideas are so half-assed because they're not coming from a place of passion. They're coming from a place of insecurity. He feels that he must secure himself like Peter with Cynthia. He had to make sure that he was going to be good just in case the money ran out. But he's using Candy's money to do it. Like Todd is using Candy's money to do it. Peter was using Cynthia's money to do it. Why do you, again, why do you need to open an entire breakfast restaurant next to your soul food restaurant that you already have a entire space mortgage and staff for? Just add a brunch menu, open up another day. Like, what are you talking about? You do not need to have an entirely new lease, new space, new place, new paint, new everything just because you want to expand maybe but don't open a whole new place just because you want to add another menu that's what I'm talking about and mama Joyce I she said that she isn't sure Todd will include Riley just in case anything happens so she made Riley the beneficiary just in case to make sure that her baby is taken care of I can understand that I don't even like the way Todd treats his own daughter and I get that now he said he's trying because he was like, well, I, I, don't, I didn't want to ask her about the stuff in her room because I just want her to, uh, to get to a place where we're talking to each other. But it never should have gotten to that place where you weren't, is what I'm saying. Not while you were living in the same goddamn house. Like, I had an estranged you know, relationship with my father, but we live in the same house. So your excuse should be no and boy. And I'm upset about that. So if why would I think that he's going to treat Riley any better and I would have a big problem if he did treat Riley better than his daughter that he brought into the world simply because he had more time to do so. And so Mama Joyce is rude, but she's not wrong to think that Todd may not do right by them because I don't think that Todd is actually driven. I think that he is fearful and he thinks that if he can't get everything going for himself in this marriage, when it's over, he'll have nothing and he can't really take her to the bank. And that's the problem. It's like what Apollo did before he went to prison. He asked, you know, the lawyer, what do I have? What will I get when I get out? Because I know my wife's going to try to take everything from me. No, 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 no. She's not going to try to take everything from you. She's going to take back what's hers because you're no longer there. You're in prison. You don't understand that? It was hers to begin with. And that's the problem. These fine ass men, they think that they're marrying for love. They get upset when these women who have all this money and this glory and this platform they get very insecure about it. And I think Todd just wants to make sure he's going to be set. I don't think he's that good of a guy. I just don't think he's the worst of the bunch. So people don't see it. I think that he's not a dentist or a Mark. So people just overlook it. But I think that he's just as shitty. He, again, he left. They brought home a new baby and when he went to a strip club. Just saying. Your wife has a brand new baby. You didn't know that? You didn't know you had to bring a new baby. And then he was like, he should have literally tell her, dismiss it. I had these plans before we had that baby. Everything changes when you have a baby, motherfucker. That's how babies work. The world revolves around the baby. Literally, the baby got to stay alive and it's your responsibility to do so. So she cried me a fucking river. Like, Todd is just not, not the man. I think if you watch some of their episodes, like online, they have some IGTV stories of them as a couple, their marriage stuff, their other stuff. You'll see what I mean, that he's not the one that you should be rooting for. Trust me. All I'm saying, moving on to Mark. No, Michael. Oh, so many names. Michael, I am not saying this man cannot have female friends. Stop coming to my DMs and telling me that I said 
he cannot have female friends. I did not say this man cannot have female friends. That is ridiculous. I know you can have female friends, male friends, no matter what you're attracted to sexually, you can have the opposite sex if that is what you're into as a friend and you are into that sex. It's not unheard of. We know he's an adult. My problem is he has said he has difficulties having friendships with men. Why? He has said this being a sports newscaster for Fox Sports while doing sports-related activities where 90% of the people around him are men. So you are doing this for what? Like, how are you having a problem finding men friends? Like, oh, I just do stuff with them, but they don't work out. I have a problem with that. I think that they might think that he's weird or something's, you know, come off with him that he's like, hmm, I don't want to compare what that is and who I know in my life who's like that. But I know somebody in my life who was like that and has never made friends with men as a man because he's considered weird by so many of them. So women are the only ones that ever kind of give him a chance because women sometimes see potential. They don't necessarily see all of the flaws unless they're interested in pursuing it that way. But men don't see things that way. So women can friends on a man and be like, oh, he's a little quirky, but it has nothing to do with me. That's some other woman's problem. But Mike, I think before he met Cynthia, because I do think Mike loves Cynthia. I think Mike loves Cynthia. Are you listening? I think Mike loves Cynthia. I do not think he's going to cheat on her. I pray to God not. I do think that this man has a certain level of opportunistic behaviors that do make me a little bit uncomfortable but I don't think it's because he's with Cynthia for the fame I think he's just writing it out and it it is his natural way of being because he met Cynthia on the Steve Harvey show he is on tv so this is not just I'm gonna get with Cynthia because she's famous it's this is what he wanted to do for his life so I get it for that reason but having almost a dozen women in your house of all friends and attractive I believe that before Cynthia, he wanted some women in a back burner, just in case, back pockets, some potential people just in case. And I'm not, I'm not opposed to doing that. Sure. I just find it very interesting that that many women are his friends and he has trouble making male friends and like together, the two to me are mutually exclusive. It is not that he has female friends. It is not that he has almost a dozen female friends. It is that he has female friends and has a really big problem making male friends in a male dominated force. That makes zero sense to me without there being like a certain choice you're making where you're going actively after the female friends just because love does come from friendship. So maybe something we're going to pop off for him later. And as he was just being proactive, then good for you. What I have a problem with, though, is the kind of friends that he has, because what kind of females, and I'm guessing at least half of them are mothers, at least. I am struggling to figure out what kind of females will talk negatively about a man's past with women in front of his daughter. I don't care if Cynthia asked it. Keep all that shit positive and say, girl, we'll get to the nitty gritty when everybody's gone. When he when she says what is he, what has he, how has he changed since he's met me? Keep it a thousand percent positive. You don't need to go down to him being a player. You don't need to give some long exasperated reason for why he's, you know, different now and all that shit. Just because she asked, you can just say he's much better because he found someone that he really 
you know, is probably is, is equal or he gets along with or it makes him great. But to say that he was a player and to have him say, you know, to reiterate that he cheated on all his past women, including this girl's mama. And then to say that he has never really been in love with any of the women that he was with, including this girl's mama, while this girl is in the room. I, I was so speechless. I could have cried. I want to protect these Kaylas on these shows. Atlanta got two Kaylas that y'all have disrespected on TV and I'm over it. And I don't have an issue with talking, growing up, talking in front of this adult girl, but I do have an issue with talking, growing up, talk about this adult girl when it literally relates to her family. You're talking about how this new woman who is going to be her stepmother that she has accepted and has a good relationship with. You weren't a maintain that good relationship and you won't talk shit about her actual mama and say that I didn't really love anybody before Cynthia or I cheated on everybody before Cynthia and I wasn't player before Cynthia. A, a red flag for Cynthia. That don't sound right. But B, are you serious? In front of your daughter, you'll say this? You do not forget about her mama and her sister's mama? And she don't have a choice but to listen to this. And then she storms out of the room when he dismisses her that she can go. And this is when I, I threw a fit. I genuinely think Cynthia did not want to go up there and did not want to go in there because she was miked. And I think she was like, I don't want to make a spectacle of this. I don't want this girl to blame me. And I think it's because Cynthia is really putting in the work for this relationship to work for her. And I appreciate that in her. I do think that Mike is playing into this a little bit. I I sensed it when he asked her to be his girlfriend and he made that big ass display over asking to be the girlfriend asking her to be his girlfriend and was like, I know for a fact you were trying to pretend like you were going to propose because that's what cameras invoke you to do. Again, it's his career choice. So I understand that, but I have a very big issue also with him pulling Cynthia upstairs with him. When he said, excuse me, I got to go talk to my daughter, go talk to your daughter then. Okay. Cause Noelle is straight. She's good. And I do think that he loves Cynthia and her daughter and he loves their family because Noel is living with him and left college to go live in L.A. Mm, a story for another day, y'all. Maybe on the Patreon. But I have an issue with him bringing her up there and then Cynthia being like, I don't know if I should go in there because she can't say because I'm Mike. I mean, she could, but she didn't. She knows the game too well. And he asked the daughter, can I come in? And then ushered Cynthia in and then goes, uh, can Cynthia come in? Okay, she said, come on, come on. And I'm like, but why? Why would you go in there while she is might? While you are might? Mike, like, this is not fair, this story. This girl did not ask for this. And even if she said it was okay to be on film and to talk on film and for her to be around y'all while recording, even if she's agreed to that, which there's only but someone she can agree to and not agree to. Even if she agreed to that, she didn't agree for you to trash her mama and make her cry on TV. She did not agree to hear how her daddy was not a good man to her mom. Are you kidding me? Like, that's so that and maybe it's because I'm a child of divorce and and like and around the same age I was when all of this went down with my family. But to go through that publicly and then have to live it on TV, talk to your sister about it, be like, Daddy said he didn't love either of my mamas until he met Cynthia. What kind of predicament then, then does that put Cynthia in with these girls who I would not blame them if they resented Cynthia, even if it was not her fault, even if they always liked her to hear that. It's just like a, ugh. it could never have been my mom. I thought my daddy was just a flawed man, but apparently it's not. 
he just didn't want my mom. Like, it's just, don't put them, them through any of those thoughts. Even if they're totally okay with it, this still wasn't okay. And by the way, she was sobbing and held in that sob. It's not okay. And I have an issue. I know, granted, Bravo will only air whatever they got, but you should not have given this to them. This is where I draw a line. I don't care if they're over the age of 18. This is where I draw a line. Protect these kids. This is not fair. Be better parents if you're going to be parents on TV. Because what I don't need is another Tamara situation where you have some kid who is hurting, visibly hurting, and all they want is your attention and to not have the show put before them. And that's not what's happening here. So I do think that Cynthia loves Mike. And I don't think Mike's going to cheat on Cynthia because I think this man is finally getting the attention he's always wanted. But I just challenge y'all and urge y'all to remember how he met Cynthia on TV. All the things he's done and the antics he's done. But it comes to me, when it comes to your kids, if that's not your line, I don't know what is. That's why I don't buy this bullshit of him having only a dozen female friends. I think either he got a problem and he is so insecure with himself, with other men, that he needs to always have backups because in him, and for whatever reason, he, either, how has he changed so quickly too? Like how did you go from always needing all these women around you and being such a player to all of a sudden you need Cynthia and all is okay? I like Cynthia, but she ain't all that. Like not enough to change everything about a man so quickly. Just shocking. But if you're going to do all that and you're going to be that kind of a person, be that way, not in front of your daughter. And don't bring her into your bullshit. Okay? That's all I have to say on that. And leave Kayla alone, 2020. Hashtag leave Kayla alone, 2020. So that's it for my housewife coverage. That is all. Thank you for listening. Coming up next, me and Jess from Blonde Unfiltered, formerly known as the Real Housewife of the West Side, we'll talk the premiere of Shaw's. Briefly, I'll do a little bit of some other segments to get into some ratings, and that is all. All right, guys, as promised, I have Jess from the amazing podcast Blonde Unfiltered, formerly known as The Real Housewife of the West Side. And I do love the revamp. I have actually, not that I didn't listen to you before, but I've been listening <laughs> like so much more. Like as soon as I see it, I'm like, oh, let me click it. Like, Aww, I don't know what that is, so but I love sweet. it. I think it's, especially the artwork. It's, I think art, good artwork for a podcast draws people oh, in. Mine is, yeah. eh, but yours is really cute. Yeah, and I, I'm so happy you're back. And she is going to be talking to us about the new season premiere of Shaws of Sunset. And like I said, her husband is Persian and Jewish. And they (laughs) are in a very small little community in L.A. You can always hear about it on her podcast. But we are grateful to have you on mine to talk a little to you about Shaws. Well, thank you so much for having me. You're so sweet. Yeah, I'm so excited. um, A little precursor. I told you off mic. I'm everyone's going to be like, bring out the tiny violin. I'm suffering from a little bit of allergies. We're having very severe weather here in LA. It's, I'm, I'm being facetious. It's not, it's just windy and everyone freaks the fuck out. But um, anyway, so I apologize I if, I, if, if I'm a little nasally or what have you, but yes, I'm here for it. No. So I am, it's totally understandable this past weekend in Georgia, which is where I am. Um, I try not to talk. I'm going to start trying not to talk too much about my location because apparently I got a bad review that people are not happy with how much I talk about where I am or where I'm from. Um, what? It's what shapes me, but you know, people get, oh my I gosh. don't hear it because I don't listen to myself, 
I'm just talking from personal experience and stuff. But and like I said, I'll stop talking about Potomac when you guys start watching it. So <laughs> sue me. Um, <laughs> you know, people people find the weirdest things to write iTunes reviews I about. Know. I'm like, where do you people come up with the? T- I had one when I was first starting out that said, "Oh, you sound too much like a Valley girl." I was like, "Well, I'm from Connecticut and I've never lived in the Valley, so I don't know how I sound like a Valley girl." But whatever, I don't know. You know what? People just move on. If you have something negative to say, just take your negative energy elsewhere. That's what I have to say about that. Yeah, it's like not that hard. And I love when they say "great," but. And I'm just like, you didn't find it great. Like, the compliments have been severely (laughs) overshadowed by all the things you don't like about me. So then, obviously, it's not great. And you don't like me. So, great. Now we understand each other. Goodbye. I know. I know. (laughs) But it's fine. I wish we could go all around and review each other. But, again, this was never a problem that I would not have had if I didn't start a podcast. So, what was me? Moving on (laughs) to this premiere and I talked to Jess beforehand like I like begged her to come on last minute she and her husband Washington were very invested and took notes and have lots of things to say and I am very excited for this show to come back I never know or nor do I care how much is real false fiction but something about this cast has always made me feel like there is an authenticity to how much they really do know each other that things just get way more blown out of proportion than other shows because like they were actually friends and I've also just been wondering where the hell it's been because the show ended in 2017 and it's 2020 really I didn't realize it had been that long yeah I had wrote it down the sixth season premiered in 2017 summer of 2017 and ended in fall of 2017 and it got it didn't get renewed until april of 2018 but we're just now getting it wow that's Uh crazy it's been a very long time like very long they didn't even announce the day was going to come back the only reason reason people really knew it was coming back was because the cast was at BravoCon, and it was a pretty safe assumption that if your cast was there you're probably going to come back in the new year Mm. Yeah, but Annie couldn't so. even tell us when. When, like, and we were just now getting. We didn't know it was going to be February until mid January, and now we're in February. We're here. We're excited. What did you think about the premiere? Uh, I have a lot of thoughts. Um, well, so I had actually done a Patreon probably six months ago now because it was the middle of last summer because I had so if. For your listeners that don't know me, I, um, uh, yes, my husband is Persian and he grew up here in LA. And there is a very, and I think one of the, you know, you talk about the authentic, uh, authentic vibe from the show. And I think where one of the reasons it feels like that is because the Persian community, especially in West LA, where I am, so like Beverly Hills, Westwood, um, it's so, it's very small. It's very insular, especially the Persian Jewish community. They all kind of grew up together. And I always joke like when I was first dating my husband, when we would walk down like Beverly Drive and he'd be like, oh, that's my cousin. Or I went to high school with him or that's so-and-so's guy. Like everybody knows each other. Everybody knows each other's families. Uh, the roots are so intertwined and so deep that it, I mean, it really is like that. And so this past summer, when the show wasn't on the air, 
I was at a Shabbat with my husband's family and one of his cousins is very good friends with, so we saw her for the first time on the episode last night, Mike's new girlfriend, Paulina, her oh ex-husband. Oh my God, that was my first question for you. Okay. So her ex-husband is one of my husband's cousin's best friends and this summer he was telling me all this this whole sordid story which i'm gonna say let me see i don't want to give too much away it 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 is on the patreon if, if anyone wants to go listen to it i think it's in june or july but basically the okay here's i'll kind of summarize the backstory on it so mike it is like the nicest guy you will ever meet. So nice, so sweet, has charisma. He will bone anything with a pulse. Uh, and he is just <laughs> kind of known in the Persian community as he has two brothers that are very successful. His his parents or his father's very successful. But he's kind of known as like the fuck up of the family. And oh. no one really knows like what he does for a living, where he gets his money, whatever. And when he married his ex-wife, Jessica, it was like a big deal because one, she wasn't Persian and two, she wasn't Jewish. And, uh, well, and this is the other thing. So like my, my husband's father, like their generation, that older generation, they think this show is, they hate this show. They think it paints the community in a horrible light, whatever. So it's, I don't Understandably know. Understandably so. so. But anyway, so, okay, so this girl that he is dating now, they are really dating. The, she, for, this is all from what I've heard about her. So there is, it, in the Persian Jewish community, there are some, there's a term. I don't know if you've heard it or not, but it's called a phobe. Have you ever heard this term? Phobe? F-O-B? Is it F-O-B? Yeah. So um, yeah. I have, my best friend is um, Muslim and Pakistani. And so she calls it a fob and she always is like, I don't, well, you know, she talks about how, like, if she doesn't find a husband, she'll like be set up with like this fobby guy. And I learned that okay. very quickly living with her. Um, but everyone yeah, so, speaks a very different language than I do. Yeah. So Persians say phobe, which stands for <laughs> fresh off the boat, which means like right, someone right. who is not that Americanized is still, uh, is like super, super Persian. And in the Persian Jewish community, if you are super, quote, phoby, what you do is you basically get married, like, right out of high school or right out of college. You, uh, you you know, you better be a virgin till you get married. It's not like some – sometimes it's in, a, in a, a, like, a loosely arranged marriage, like – you know, they'll say, mm-hmm. oh, this guy comes from a good family and she co- and it's kind of like set up, whatever. So what I've heard about this girl, Paulina, is that that was her case. She got married like right out of high school to this guy who was in medical school. He came from a, quote, good family, blah, blah, blah. But she was always ki- she always kind of rebelled against it and allegedly from what i've heard she's always kind of had the reputation of uh like not a quote good jewish girl like she is didn't really want to follow the rules so to speak what have you okay so Mm -hmm. the guy that she was married to her soon-to-be ex-husband is 
I'm not going to say what he does for a living specifically because whatever. But he is very uh, traditional. So very conservative, very like plays by the rules, whatever, very very conservative Jew. So uh, that's like different from her too. Anyway, allegedly she and Mike may or may not have met while she was still in her marriage. Now she allegedly she and her husband had a, this is what a lot of Persian families do. So there's this area in Beverly Hills. It's called the flats And it's south of Sunset, north of Wilshire. And it's like the, if you're going to be in Beverly Hills, it's the, the, where you want to be. It's the most expensive area in Beverly Hills. Think like, um, you know, the, uh, the Menendez brothers, the house that they murdered their parents in that's in the flats. So it's like, it's set up like a grid, whatever. And it's, it's whatever. There's a lot. There's a lot of Persian people that live there, and there's whatever. So a lot of Persian families, as a wedding gift, like the bride's parents or the groom's parents, they will put a down payment on a house in the flats, and it's like expected that you know you do the whole shebang, whatever. So that's where they live. And uh, okay, so this summer I heard that Mike was allegedly dating this woman. And her ex, soon-to-be ex-husband, was now living somewhere else. And she and Mike were cohabitating. And they are now going through a divorce. But there's some shady things going on with Mike, the ex-husband, and Paulina concerning the terms and specifics of the divorce. And mm-hmm. uh, that is what I'll say. Oh, the one more thing I'll add to that is allegedly. So Mike's parents actually go to our synagogue and Mike's parents are very typical Persian parents in that they're very conscientious about their reputation and their children's reputation. And apparently, allegedly, his parents are not so thrilled with this new relationship. Um, I and wish we I were, could understand. We were watching the episode. Well, because this is the other thing. It's very, very uncommon for Persian couples to get divorced. Very uncommon. Like, like it's almost unheard of, especially once they have kids. And then especially for right. one of one of the parents to get into a really like the whole thing is just like you know it's a, a whatever so we were watching the episode last night I told my husband I'm like hey I want to watch this and whatever and the girl comes on and he was like <laughs> my husband goes whoa someone got some work done and I was like what are you oh about? that's exactly what I thought I looked at her and was like Okay, so you bought the L.A. package, and I am now looking at a racially ambiguous Fashion Nova Kim K replica type person, which is, you know, there's a a trend of that going on in the moment where you don't know, you know, everything just looks 
very like you could literally walk into an in a surgeon's office and say I would like page three and that's what it is it's like everybody goes in and asks for page three if you're an OC you yeah. ask for page one if you're in LA you ask for page three it's like it's a really interesting package that they got going on there and she got it Shorty looks like a regular Instagram model to me <laughs> so my husband said that he knew up uh, like I said everyone knows everyone so he said that he he had he was aware of this girl before, right? And he found a picture on uh, one of his cousin's Facebook, whatever, the photos in his Facebook thing, whatever, of this girl from mm-hmm. like 10 years ago. And I am telling you, it doesn't look like the same person. Night and day. Yeah. Doesn't night and day. look like, like the Kylie same Jenner. person. And the other thing was my husband, so he said – he was like, oh, my God. He – because for just for, – okay, what she was – her whole thing – like, listen, a lot of Persian girls in Beverly Hills, they all have, you know, like the three Cartier love bracelets. The, oh, they all kind of, like, dress like that. But she was wearing, like, a dress that showed, like, a tattoo. And it, I don't know if people know, but in Judaism, it's – you're not – it's, like, a taboo to have tattoos. And so my husband was saying he was like, oh, my God, her ex-husband must be – like going crazy that she looks like that. Like it's a big deal in the Persian community for you to like go on national television in exposing outfits like that, looking like that with whatever. And my husband's feedback was, is he said, oh, if he had any doubt that like he was going to get fucked over in the divorce, this just gave him a ton of ammo because she's, you know, portraying herself in this kind of light. So I find that all really (laughs) interesting. And my first thought was, you know, to ask you about this girl. So I really appreciate that story. I know people (laughs) are like literally going, wow, okay, felt some of those vibes. But I just found it interesting because it kind of lines up with what Nima and Reza said when they met and were talking about her and Mike. And, you know, Reza was like, they were passing a little bit of judgment. Like, oh, Mike. Yeah, he's dating a Persian girl and the Jewish girl. So, so to an outsider, we're just like, oh, wow, Mike is actually dating someone in his caliber. But then it's like they were kind of being shady about it. And Nima was like, he just wants a piece of that alimony, that child support, that spousal support. Like, I was like, well, mm. maybe there's something there that we need to further investigate, which is kind of also Mike's MO, it seems like. Because every girl he's ever had on this show, they're all like, Mike. This is not it. This is not how you want to go out. And it doesn't look like it's getting any better. It's just getting a little bit closer to home. Yeah, he's, I mean, listen, he definitely has, uh, he reminds me a lot of my college boyfriend whose name was also Mike, but it's not the same Mike. But he just, uh, there's a lot of, Pers- there's some Persian men who are, it's usually they're like the babies of the family. I talked before on my podcast about well, they say it on the show in Shots of Sunset, Doodle Tala, which literally means the golden penis. And from the day little Persian boys are born, they're told you're Doodle Tala. Even my husband calls our dog Doodle Tala. And it's, they have this, you know, he's just, he's been so spoiled and he thinks with his little brain, not his big brain. And he just wants to <laughs> bone everything. And I don't think he really cares. And listen, maybe I'll do a Patreon this week about the other thing but yeah it he's very motivated by money and flashy things but he kind of has the reputation that he's like not willing to work for it 
Yes, and I feel that reputation. We got that <laughs> sense with the whole shoe thing and kits in LA. And I thought Bravo oh was God. so shady. And I, is it? Is it? I think it's Evolution Media that does Shaws of Sunset. I I think I don't, I don't know that for a fact. I know this is the same way that's doing Family Karma, but um, they were so shady because at the end of that year, after we saw Mike get this whole you know shoe launch and get the kits and thing, the very like next scene was. Kitson went out of business. <laughs> Thus did the shoe collection. Yeah. And I was like, damn. <laughs> I know, when I what happened to those my, shoes. I know, right? I mean, he just probably has like a bunch of suede shoe inventory somewhere. Like suede tennis shoes everywhere. <laughs> but I did have a question. So like if the Persian community is so small in LA, how is it that this girl never met Mike? Is it because she was like married? So she was like so tucked away like in her little family bliss because she said how is it that we never met and I think mm-hmm. she said that because people are going to wonder how have y'all never met if girl are literally both Persian both Jewish and living in the same city where it seems like they always talk about how tight-knit it is over there so how mm-hmm. have they never met that she wouldn't know what kind of a person Mike was well I think and I think because there is also um well, it's listen, if you are religious and Persian, like if you are more um, conservative and even like borderline orthodox, you're not going to be up in the club, you know, and, oh, which is where you will find Mike, which is where you'll find Mike. And she got married like literally right out of high school. So, right. yeah, she was married and she was doing the whole, you know, like perfect Persian wife thing. And when you are more religious you don't really go to this you know you're not going to be at the same places so I'm sure that their paths have crossed but yeah she probably didn't know Mike's reputation I'm I'm guessing or she or she does know his reputation and she's just I don't know what the fuck but I mean, he's he's an attractive boy. He's on TV. I can't understand that many reasons why people would say no to talking to him. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Especially on a show that's now as successful as Shaw. It's not like it's first or second season where we don't know where this is going. It's just something that everyone's going to like be a blimp in history and people, our parents are going to be mad about it. It's a show. It's a big thing. So I'm not right. saying that's why she's with him. I'm just saying that it would not surprise me if that was. Um, I will say... I did also have a question about this party because though I thought this episode was great and we could spend our time talking about Gigi and destiny and that whole thing when really we don't need to do Gigi got high. That's her anecdote. She needs to be high (laughs) to be nice to people. It's fine with me. So, and we could talk about, you know, Reza and Adam, but I saw watching happens live that they are going, they're great now, but they went through, some shit and it's going to be a, the crux of the season and the plot between him Reza I mean, between Adam Reza and MJ so I don't even have questions about that my biggest thing was their housewarming party that backyard went from oh this is so nice to what the fuck like it was so and we know that they're a little gaudy we know that they're very over the top they've, they've been that way since day one but it was insane like, is that normal of Persian parties? I know you did a, like, you talked about it, about about your wedding and what it was like to have a Persian wedding. And I thought. Well, I did not have a Persian wedding. wedding. I okay. had a. You went no, to my, one. I think that's what I'm going off of. You did yes. like the stories of when you went to one. And I was looking at it like, 
what the hell is going on and how can I get invited? Yeah, we go to a lot of Persian weddings. Um, but <laughs> no, I, my wedding was not like that. My wedding was very, very Americanized and very intimate and small. We only had 50 people and it was in a garden and the reception was in a um, a uh, wine cellar. And so, no, it was, it was not like uh, <laughs> what I refer to as a Persian excursion. Uh, no, <laughs> this, the house where we party, we were laughing about that too. And I was actually texting with one of my husband's cousins because, um, okay. So here's the thing about Reza. He is a total fame whore and really couldn't tell. <laughs> right. Shocker. Right. <laughs> he apparently allegedly is kind of a joke in the Persian community because he also has had a, let's just say, physical and otherwise evolution. And uh, he also is just, he's a lot of, you know, he's like a lot of Persians on the West Side that, that they're kind of like all show and no whatever. So this all is show and crack- no cast is what I call it. Yeah, this is what cracks me up about that house, okay? And I'm going to throw a little shade here. So whatever. People just deal with it. I mean, they're fine. We're a shady community over here. (laughs) So, okay. If you don't live in LA, there is this not, I don't know what to call it. It, it, Shadiness between the West side and the Valley. And I think even Mike made made a comment about it in the episode last night. He's like, we're in the Valley. Okay. And this is what is so funny to me because Reza used to be a realtor. Okay. And he mm-hmm. used to be, and I was texting about this with one of the cousins. I was like, okay, so Reza went to Beverly. People that are born in, no, he wasn't born here, but who grew up on the West Side, they're like West Side till I die. Like they would not set foot in the valley. It's like, I don't know how to explain it. It's just like a thing, okay? And people, especially people that went to Beverly, like, God forbid you move to the valley, right? So, the fact, and he always lived on the west side. He always lived in like Westwood, that kind of area. I think he lived in WeHo for a little bit. And the fact that he bought this house in the valley—it's not just in the valley; it's deep in the valley. It's in North Hollywood, and apparently, this is the dirt I got from someone who's in the this business. Apparently, he bought this little house. Mm-hmm. For like eight hundred thousand, which I don't know if that sounds like a lot or not, but in LA, to most people, it does sound like a lot. But I okay. think that we know enough about like OC, Beverly Hills, and stuff and from watching Bravo to know that that's not a lot. Yeah. So like okay. in in my neighborhood, you can maybe well, there was a house right behind us that sold like six months ago. It was two bedrooms, two and a half baths. It hadn't been touched since probably 1967. Uh, it needed like major gutting. And it was on the market for $1.6 million. Yeah, so you can't, you can't get a shack. Like there's nothing you can get on the West Side for 800000 Maybe a plot of land. But so he got this house. Apparently they, he got it like three years ago. They've been gutting it, whatever. I was asking someone like, well, why the fuck did it take them that long? And allegedly he said that he had to sell some other properties to pay for the renovation, whatever. He oh has this my. like, he's trying to get off the ground, this other business. It's like a skincare or something. So really? he's always. I know yeah. he had that hair care 
product or something that he was trying to push on the market that with the bedhead people, the people who like invented bedhead. And I was like, that's that's a real brand. So good for you. But half a million dollars, if the house was going to be a stretch, then that is definitely going to be a stretch. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. And then here's the other thing, which I think I, I don't know if I shared this on my Patreon or not, but so I, well, here's a funny story about Reza. So I ran into Reza uh it was in november yeah i went i ran into him when um in november and this is the thing he knows my husband he's seen me with my husband at some events i'm not expecting that he would remember my name or anything like that but i was with two other people one of whom he does know and uh so he walked in and i was like I was like, Reza, what are you doing here? And he looked at my friend first and he's like, oh, hi. And he kind of looked at me and I was like, it's Jess, so-and-so's wife. And he goes, oh, right, you're married to so-and-so. And he just, listen, the person that I was with, he it's not that he knows them better. It's that they, in theory, would be more, quote, useful to him. And so he's very much like, you know, he's just like a fucking fame whore. And he, I don't, the other thing is this, okay, this relationship with Adam and this whole Mishigas about the Jenga game and are they together, aren't they together, yes. whatever. And for reference for people who do not watch Watch It Happens Live because it comes on super late, people have to go to bed. He said that that conversation, like this whole thing about this naked Jenga game was literally the entire demise of his relationship with MJ. It is the the start and the epicenter of all the problems that he has with the rest of the season and, and him and his husband and everything. So Jenga has done some damage. <laughs> and I don't know how that just sounds really weird to me because, okay, well, there's a couple things. One, when I ran into him in November, he wasn't wearing his ring. Now, when I brought this up at Shabbat with all the cousins, I was like, yeah, I ran into him. He wasn't wearing a ring. Whatever. I may or may not have allegedly heard that that wasn't unusual. And they weren't surprised. And they had maybe allegedly heard that he and Adam maybe have some type of arrangement. That's interesting because he literally, Andy asked him flat out, are you open? He said no so distinctively and profoundly and quickly. It was like, he was like, are y'all open? He goes, no. And I was like, oh, okay, well, he's putting that to Well, so here's the other thing. When he and, when the news started coming out about he and MJ had that thing, whatever, right? There's been a long history of, because both of them are, kind of fame horse she is it listen in my personal opinion a lot sweeter and nicer than he is uh but allegedly they have a long history of creating drama for publicity reasons so that's what i was under the impression was happening when this all started uh-huh. That makes sense. So that, I could understand that he's put out some Instagram posts before the season started that literally 
tagged 40,000 people, hashtagged 40,000 people, and was like, I won't say much, but y'all need to watch the show. And this is why I'm so grateful we have Shaz, because if you watch, you will see this. And on Shaz, you'll see this on February the 10th. You'll see this. You understand <laughs> that you'll see this when you watch on Shaz on February the 10th? You'll see it this season. Go watch it right now. And it's we're like, like, we're like, okay, we, we get it. This is not an Instagram fight anymore. This is a promo. And listen, I really do, and I have heard that they really are legit, like, in a thing now, but what I heard was that the impetus for this rift was more of the brand of, like, okay, he's gone too far, his head's gotten way too big, he's he's become, like, a total diva, and even for MJ and Tommy that they were like, well, fuck you. So the, I, this whole Mr. Goss about the thing with Adam starting it, I I've, I've, haven't heard any of that. So I don't know where the fuck he pulled that out from. I have heard that certain people in the community have called him out on his relationship behaviors. I'll say that. But I think... I think just keep in mind that Reza is very concerned with his brand and his public image. And I would just maybe take everything he says. Right. And that's fine. That we can do. We are used to that all over. Uh, Bravo. That's their (laughs) whole MO. Um, It's like it was Melissa and her, all her fake storylines on New Jersey. And then, all of OC practically. And then, you know, 90% of Beverly Hills and the season we just got and how they're fighting publicly on Instagram now as if they don't have each other's numbers so that we will watch. Um, we, we know that we can't trust everything we read, see, or hear. We just kind of have to see how this plays out. And he says we'll see it. So I guess we'll see if we'll see it. And if we don't see it, it'll be another two years until we get another season. So <laughs> <laughs> that's all that will probably be. Um, but I want to say thank you so much to Jess for coming on and talking. I mean, this was so much good tea. I was going to just ask you about why there was so much gold in the backyard and why there was Kevin Lee at a tiny house party. But this was much better. Oh, oh, I didn't even comment on that. Oh, I think that was just a shameless promotion. And Oh, yeah, because yeah, Kevin just, Lee would never yeah, come no, down I think, there. Oh, fuck no. He would be caught dead in North Hollywood. No, I think that was just shameless promotion and uh he yeah all that stuff was just all rentals and it was just all such a major ass party and i was like this is so extra for this backyard no, that was like, just it's not a, a it's not a small backyard it's not a big backyard but it was like this is just a little too much for this backyard <laughs> yeah that was all for show and that was all like rentals and whatever and i, I i'm sure that they i'm sure that he even got a there's a big rental company that's um, owned by a Persian guy I'm sure he lent the stuff for the show whatever it was all bullshit thank you so yeah. much yeah exactly. yeah exactly oh and my very last thing really really quick Sarah the new girl who apparently we got in the very end of the trailer is R. Kelly's ex they should have led with that and Reza said on Watch It Happens Live he didn't know she was R. Kelly's ex and Andy was like well didn't you know her before, like when the show started like when y'all started filming he was like I did you'll see how it comes up. And I'm like, so either you knew or you didn't know, but I would know that was, wait, 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 what? (laughs) Yeah, I, (laughs) well, I have questions. Like, where is this girl? She seems so. uh, 
I, I, yeah, I did ask my husband about that and I sent a text out to the cousins. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I will say, well, I will say this. Shervin is, as far as I know, legit the only one that actually has money. And he just kind of dips into the show whenever they kind of, I don't even know why he still do, does it. Actually, that's what my husband says. He's like, I don't even know why he still comes on this show. He doesn't need it. Um, yeah, he's full time this year too. Oh, is he? I yeah, don't know why he, he still does it. It's full time. Nima's full time. They got rid of the Nima's sister. Um, yeah, because I think, but also their dynamic was making people very, very fucking uncomfortable. Yeah, that was and that's all I will crazy. say. Um, he, they're full time. Destiny's full time. MJ is, and um, Reza and this girl Sarah. I, from what the only thing I know about Sarah, no one knows who the fuck she is. Um, interesting. My husband said that he thinks that she was kind of almost like Nima and his sister were casted. Like she didn't grow up with this crew. She, yeah. Um, she's also not Jewish. So she's the new Lily Galici, is what I decided yes. to. Because the way yes. they presented her, she has an MBA. She's super smart to really, she was a lawyer, but actually looked like a hot Barbie. And yeah. it was like she's really smart and has her own money and has her own things and like her own business because AKA Lily left this show and will not return our calls because now she's a millionaire <laughs> on her own and she doesn't need this show. So yeah, she had to yeah, find I, one. She's casted. I don't I don't really I yeah, I think she was casted. I don't know how much the how great the chemistry will be. She looks like I mean, whatever. Like, okay. She just looks like she's trying to be, you know, relevant or something like that. So I don't I don't know. I don't really know how that'll go. But I do, actually, and while we were talking, I just realized, like, oh, duh, I know why Shervin's probably on the show because he's a big old man horse. Exactly. <laughs> and that's, I mean, honestly, this is why I love the show. I mean, real or not, fake or not, fame whore or not, Shaz is going to be interesting because they're willing to literally sell their souls to do it because they have no <laughs> other choice. Their parents and everybody else is upset about them doing it. So they kind of have exactly. to commit now. It's exactly. like Tamara. Your daughter already kept you out of your life. You might as well commit and stay around, you know? This is likely totally. be the last season of Shaz. I'm like pretty convinced this is going to be the last one. So we'll see if that's not the case because a two-year bubble is ridiculous unless they are pretty much gonna put the axe on you but you gave them so much they have something to do with it so right. we will right. see and i hope to have just back on to talk more about this fun stuff um as the season progresses because it's only going to get better from here um but thank you guys thank you so much jess for coming on please tell everyone where they can listen to your new revamps podcast and find you on all the things Yes. Well, thank you so much again for having me. My uh, my podcast is Blonde Unfiltered, B-L-O-N-D-E. And you can find it anywhere you listen to Monty's podcast. And my Instagram is at Blonde underscore Unfiltered. Yes. So excited. You guys will listen. You will love it. And it's like literally one of my favorite things. And I love going on her show. So head over and check that out. And I will talk to you guys next week. You know the deal. Follow me on all things social at Mixing with Moni, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. And if you like me, leave me a review. If you <laughs> like me. If you don't, there is no gun to your head. Also, I'm not going to change the entire format of my show because you don't like it because someone else does. So if for those of you who are tired of me talking about Potomac and being from D.C. and everything else, do not go listen to just 
this podcast. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> her move along, former, guys. Move along. But to say the best parts of her podcast were based on the fact that she lives in the West Side. That was the fun part. So get over it. I have a housewife city and you don't. So <laughs> beyond that, we'll, I'll try especially to not talk over people since that was a comment that I got. And I let people talk more and more. Did I do okay to you, Jess, today? I thought you did great. Thank you. So for those who are concerned, my guests feel welcomed and not interrupted. So I'll stick with that. If you like me, leave a review, rate me five stars. If you don't, talk about it in my DMs. Don't forget to iTunes. It's rude. It's a place for nice things. Or compliment sandwich, you know? End it with a compliment. Start it with a compliment. And then it'll just say how much you love me. Okay, bye. For more about me, Bravo, Housewives, Pop Culture, and so much more, follow me on Instagram at Mixing with Moni, M-I-X-I-N-G-W-I-T-H-M-A-N-I. So you can keep up with me and don't forget to also leave a quick review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you're listening and rate me and maybe give me five stars. Thanks so much. Bye.